Nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is your Tech News Briefing for Friday, January 27th. I'm Zoe Thomas for The Wall Street Journal. Phone scams may seem like a thing of the past when so much of our lives are lived online. But according to a study from the Federal Trade Commission, 24% of adults over age 60 who reported losing money to a scam in 2021 said it started with a phone call. Robocalls or human scammers with long lists of numbers to dial and try can make picking up your phone to an unknown number seem more daunting than it should be. But there are some tech solutions that can help you or someone you love from being caught by a scam. On today's show, our family and tech columnist Julie Jargon is with us to explain what they are and how they work. That's after these headlines. A 21st century cyber stakeout. That's what U.S. authorities are calling their investigation and seizure of servers from the notorious ransomware group Hive. The Justice Department said on Thursday that FBI agents infiltrated Hive's network and used the access to identify victims and provide them with keys to take back control of their networks that the ransomware had commandeered. Department officials said the effort blocked around $130 million in demanded ransoms. At a press conference, Attorney General Merrick Garland described the tactics Hive used. Hive ransomware affiliates employed a double extortion model. First, they infiltrated a victim system and stole sensitive data. Next, the affiliates deployed malicious software, encrypting the victim system, rendering it unusable. And finally, they demanded a ransom payment in exchange for a system decryption key and a promise not to publish any stolen data. Cybersecurity experts view Hive as one of the most prolific and dangerous cyber criminals. The group has been linked to attacks on more than 1,500 victims, including hospitals and schools, and extorted more than $100 million in ransom payments, the Justice Department said. Officials didn't announce arrests, but said their investigation was still ongoing. Fintech startup Stripe is moving closer to what could be one of the biggest initial public offerings in recent memory. Stripe's co-founders told employees yesterday executives have set a goal that in the next 12 months, the company will either go public or allow employees to sell their shares in a private market transaction. That's according to people familiar with the matter. Stripe is one of Silicon Valley's most valuable startups. In its latest funding round nearly two years ago, the company was valued at $95 billion. BuzzFeed is set to become the latest digital publisher to embrace artificial intelligence. The company said it would rely on OpenAI, the creator of ChatGPT, to enhance its quizzes and personalize some content for its audiences. In a memo to staff reviewed by The Wall Street Journal, Chief Executive Jonah Peretti said he intends for AI to play a larger role in the company's editorial and business operations. He said he expects AI to assist the creative process, with humans providing the initial ideas. Last year, BuzzFeed moved to shrink its news division to increase profitability, while also saying it would double its creator network. WSJ reported earlier this week that BuzzFeed is getting paid millions of dollars by Meta to help generate creator content for Facebook and Instagram. 
A spokeswoman for BuzzFeed said Thursday the company remains focused on human-generated journalism in its newsroom. And speaking of AI, ChatGPT and other AI tools have been raising concerns among educators, worried their students will use them to cheat on essays and other assignments. But some teachers and university professors are actually finding ways to incorporate AI programs. For example, by having ChatGPT write a first draft of an essay. WSJ higher education reporter Douglas Belkin has been looking into this. This takes away the fear of having to look at a blank page and come up with an original draft of anything. You can just ask this chat to do it for you, but it's not going to be on point. One of the professors I spoke to said, you can ask this to create a statue like David, but the head's going to be too big and the legs will be too small. So it's up to the user to figure out their proportions and to analyze it and critique it and bring it along somewhat like an editor. So the cognitive demands of education are shifting. And I think ultimately the bar is rising for what is going to be necessary to excel in school and later on in the workplace. All right, coming up, scam calls may seem low tech, but there are some apps and programs to help you avoid them. We'll discuss after the break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Despite the litany of ways scammers have found to target people online, in the U.S., phone calls remain the primary way swindlers hook older victims. Calls like this one that the Federal Trade Commission shared with us. We found that. There was a fraud and misconduct on your tax which you are hiding from the federal government. This need to be rectified immediately so do return the call as soon as you receive the message. That may sound a bit robotic, but those calls and other more lifelike ones are catching people out. There are ways though that tech can prevent you and your loved ones from falling for or even getting these calls. With me to discuss that is our family and tech columnist, Julie Jargon. Hi Julie, thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. So how big a deal are scam calls? They're a pretty big deal, especially among older adults. A study published last month by the Federal Trade Commission found that 24% of adults over the age of 60 who reported losing money to a scam in 2021 said it started with a phone call. And for even older adults, that percentage is even greater. For people 80 and older, phone calls were behind 40% of scams that were reported. So I'm sure some of us can imagine how these scams might work, but can you give us an example of what's being said to lure people into these scams? Yeah, scammers use a variety of methods. There are robocalls with a recorded message that comes on when you answer saying that they're from the IRS and they're trying to collect a late tax payment. We have just received a notification regarding your tax filings. And then there are individuals who call people and try to pose as someone's grandchild, saying that they were wrongfully arrested and they need money in order to get out of jail. And then there are people that call and, and ask you to get them a, a gift card, saying that they need the money from a gift card for some reason. 
Okay, so let's talk about some of the ways to avoid these scams then. Should we just be blocking phone numbers? That's one way to do it. Of course, that's not always feasible, especially if you are, you know, awaiting an important phone call from your doctor's office or your healthcare company or your child's school. Maybe those phone numbers aren't saved in your phone's contacts list, and so you don't want to miss an important call. But you can screen on your own and let important calls go to voicemail. Scammers typically aren't going to leave a voice message. Okay, so is there anything then that you can put on your phone to stop these calls from coming in in the first place? Yeah, there are a number of different things that you can do. So if you have a Google Pixel phone, for example, you can have Google Assistant screen your calls for you. So if a call comes in from an unknown caller, the assistant determines whether the call is spam. And if it is, your phone just hangs up on the caller. Otherwise, it will send the call through to you. There's also a new service that's being developed by an online safety company called Aura, uh, which has also developed a bot to catch calls, both on iPhones and Android phones, before they get to the recipient. That new feature is expected to be available through the Aura app in the next few months, and it works in the same type of way. If a call comes in from a number that is not in the recipient's contacts list, the artificial intelligence answers the phone call, asks the caller's name and reason for calling, and using that information along with the caller's phone number, the AI can determine whether the call is legitimate and whether to send it through. But there are also things that you can do on your your phone itself, on your actual device. So for example, if you have an iPhone and it's running a fairly recent operating system, you can silence unknown callers. There's a phone setting that allows you to do that. If you do notice any of these, should you be reporting these scams somewhere? You can report calls to the FTC. However, I'm sure they get overloaded with reports like this, so it may not result in anything being done immediately. You know, but the main thing is to just not engage. So if you pick up a call, especially if it's a robocall that prompts you to hit a button, don't do that. Don't opt to speak to a live operator. That's probably going to take you to someone who's going to start asking you for personal information. So it's best if you don't know the person um, and if it seems a bit suspicious to just hang up. Sometimes I'll see on my phone the words scam call or suspected scam call coming up. Are the carriers doing enough to label these calls when they come in to suggest to people that they shouldn't answer them? I mean, there's certainly a lot of people who feel like the carriers are not doing enough because these calls do come through. Personally, I have an 847 area code from having previously lived in the Chicago area. I now live in LA, but I still have this number. And I get several calls a day coming from 847 area codes, and I do not answer them. And the callers never leave messages, so they're not legitimate calls. In 2019, AARP did a survey and found that 59% of respondents said they're more likely to answer the phone if a number has their area code. So obviously scammers have you know, realized this and that's why they're spoofing caller ID to make it appear that their calls are coming from your area code. Because you see that and you think, well, maybe that's my doctor's office or maybe that's some other place that, you know, nearby that needs to reach me for some reason. Do we expect to see this kind of scam fade over time as maybe less people pick up their phones or stop, you know, trusting phone calls that are coming in? I think that's the hope and that's the point of this technology is that that will clamp down on on these kind of spam calls and scam calls. But people are still picking up the phone, so it's still happening. It's still a major problem. But yeah, if people stop answering their phone, 
the scammers will find another way and they are finding other ways to reach victims. There's text scams and email scams and social media scams. So there's multiple ways that scammers will, you know, look to the next place to go to find people. A little game of whack-a-mole, I suppose. That's our family and tech columnist, Julie Jargon. Julie, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And that's it for Tech News Briefing this week. TNB's producer is Julie Chang. Our supervising producer is Melanie Roy. And our executive producer is Chris Sinsley. I'm your host, Zoe Thomas. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.